more consumed trends. We would like to invite Mr. Napoleon Bates, founder and internet entrepreneur at Web Wednesday Ventures Limited, to talk about from digitalization to transformation. Napoleon is a reputed digital marketing evangelist, influential thought leader, and senior advisor on emerging digital technologies and omni-channel commerce in Asia. He has 16 years of experience pioneering internet offerings. He is also a regular contributor to leading industry publications, such as Marketing Interactive and Campaign Asia and often provides commentary on digital industry trends on ABC, Bloomberg, CNBC, and also Rogers. Please welcome Napoleon on stage. With, with an introduction like that, I can just sit down now and that's the end of my presentation. <laughs> so um, I'm going to start with the game first. Um, the first thing I want to tell you before I start with the game is I'm very happy to be here because I have a cooking club and it's called Men Can Cook. Uh, some of you might know a show if you were born in the right era called Yan Can Cook. So uh, we call it Men Can Cook. Uh, and funnily enough, the last posting was uh, from one of my friends who's a German living in Bangladesh and he just baked two sourdoughs. So I'll get him to contribute to your. Um, what was it? Grab sourdough? What was the name? What was the name of the website? Sourdough. Quest for sourdough. Quest for sourdough. So I was speaking to Daniel earlier and he told me, and I'm very impressed what I've seen so far, storytelling, snacking, uh, the technology and the innovation that you guys are using. I mean, this Quest for Sourdough uh, website, if you haven't been to it, I was, I was kind of partially listening to Daniel and partially surfing the internet. I looked up Quest for Sourdough and Daniel told me they've had 700 submissions from the internet, from people saying, I think you should put rose petals in sourdough. I think you should put chilies in sourdough. So I think it's very interesting. So let, let me start. Um, I like to know my audience. As Priscilla was saying, it's all about customer first. So I'm going to play a game with you. Because I like to know how digitally switched on you guys are. And luckily enough, I have a nice box of chocolates. Oh, yeah. most, most digitally switched on person. <laughs> so uh, my name is Napoleon. So as Napoleon, I can ask you all to stand. Thank you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a habit, a digital habit. If you do not do this, sit down and don't cheat, especially the lady from Thailand. Oh my god. Don't cheat. Stay sitting down, okay? <laughs> so, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is you stretch across. You don't kiss your partner, but you pick up your mobile phone. So, do you pick up your mobile phone before kissing your partner? Yes. You all do. <laughs> Aren't we sad? <laughs> um, you want to find out what's going on uh, uh, in the news, what was the latest Trumpism, um, you go onto your mobile phone and you read news on your mobile phone. You do not open a newspaper, as in this. Wow, you're all switched on. <laughs> Excellent. Um, when you go to a restaurant, um, the food arrives at your table, uh, you don't pick up knife and fork, you take out your phone, you take a photograph, and you share it on social media. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So the ones standing and standing are all into, you're all into food porn. Food porn, right? You're learning, stay standing. Okay, so how many have you got left? About ten, not bad. Let's go to the rest of it. Have enough. You don't take photographs of your food and put it on social media? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I knew you were cheap. So. If you do, stay standing. Okay. Uh, when you're bored on public transport, you play a game like Candy Crush or Casino Royale, or you play games on your mobile phone. She used to play. She gave it up. So there's no winner. What do I do with this? I keep it. All right. All right. So um, let, let me. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey. Now I know this is not related to your industry, but bear with me because um, it will tie in to the whole story. Storytelling, as Priscilla was saying. I just came back from uh, Stellenbosch. One of my friends uh, has a vineyard there, and he had a 50th. It was a secret 50th. So I planned my whole journey, and I want to share with you the experiences I went through, because it shows you how the world is changing. I wouldn't have done this 10 years ago. I do this now regularly. So the first thing is, I have a map on my iPad. I'm going, where the hell is Stellenbosch? Right? Up it comes. So I flew from Hong Kong to, this is Stellenbosch. Wouldn't you rather be in Stellenbosch? <laughs> it's actually better looking than Switzerland and France, and it's mostly Huguenots. So, I, uh, before I went, I was like, where am I, what's the cost of a, pro of a flight? You know, I could call up my travel agent, but my travel agent is not available, or send me an email, I've got 200 emails, where the hell is it? I went on to my mobile phone, and I used Skyscanner. Do you guys know Skyscanner? Yes. <laughs> If you don't, use it now. It's just been bought by China, by Citric. So the Chinese are buying up all of the transport. They've bought Cathay Pacific. has also become part of China Airlines. So Citric. And I got a comparison of you know, different flights and times and prices. So I knew straight away which flight I was going to take. Now, I wanted my miles, so I went for Cathay. Right? Then um, I wanted to find a good hotel. Now, I read and speak Chinese. The reason I'm here is I studied Chinese in England. And I was in Beijing in 1987, so it tells you how old I am. Uh, I'm also 50 this year. So I went on to sea trip, and because the Chinese are traveling overseas so much, I got a better deal on a hotel in Stellenbosch than I did on Expedia, TripAdvisor. So what I advise you to do is learn Chinese, because you'll get better deals on hotel. <laughs> That's good right? I got, I, got, I got $600 Hong Kong less to stay in a terrace hotel in Stellenbosch. And you know, when I arrived, I wasn't Mr. Dunn. I was Mr. Year, <laughs> my surname. So then I go, right, I need a car. And I go back on to a Skyscanner or carrentals.com, and within about 10 minutes, I found myself a car. Right? So all planned, all my travel done on mobile, sitting at home, on my sofa, you know, I'm not having to talk to anybody or wait for anything. It all happened there. Right? Then, um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly. What do I need to take with me? I've never been to South Africa. I read in the media that it's a violent place, that, you know, all this rubbish. So I, I decide to use a tool called Tripcase. 
to gather all of my travel information, right? So it's all in one place. I hate having to put on my passport and this receipt and that receipt. It's all in one place. So this is trip case, and if you don't use that, I suggest you do. Uh, what it does, it gathers all your data, all your flight information, all your bookings. Now what's interesting about this is I was also able, just from here, to see what's the temperature going to be. So I can say, all right, what clothes do I need to take? I don't know, in South Africa, is it so what's the temperature going to be whilst I'm there? So that helps me pack. I'm also slightly paranoid about losing my bag. So Tripcase has got a, a promotion where I can pay extra insurance, and if I lose my bags, I get it all back. Right? All through one app. Very cleverly, this is how they make their money. Right? Then, uh, you know, I'm on the flight. Uh, I hate lugging around books. Too, too uncomfortable. So audio book. I can get an audio book from Audible. If you don't, if you like listening to books, uh, Audible, and they recommend you know some books that I can read on the journey. So already I'm starting to prepare. I don't necessarily want to see the latest film on Cathay Pacific and arrive with like big eyes. <laughs> and of course, I want to know how long it's the airport. So Uber directly from this, I can book my Uber to take me from Causeway Bay to the airport. Right. So it's all done through one app. All done. Okay, now, when I, I, I want to know what I'm going to do when I'm there. I'm there for a week. So, uh, you could go on to TripAdvisor. I'm giving you an example of, of Google. Google now has got very smart because people go and they do reviews. And if you see these little stars, I basically saved all the places I'm going to visit. Wine, region, you know, Cape Town, walks, all kinds of stuff. All saved into my Google map. You could do this with Baidu. You could do this with other tools. TripAdvisor also has a trip organizer. So, it's all suddenly... My whole life, my journey is saved. So this is, these are the recommendations from other people. So this is where I'm going out and asking other people I don't know, what do you think, where do you think I should go? What are the cool places to go, right? So already, I'm learning like cheetahs. Uh, my girlfriend loves cats, so cheetah out. She's definitely going to go. So already, already I know some cool places to go. Google has now got to the point that you can actually have a whole guidebook yeah, uh, Google Trips it's called. So suddenly I go from here's a few places to here's a book I can download and it's connected to a map and discounts and I can plan my whole journey, right? And I can do even day plans. So Google is really getting into the travel business. And obviously behind this are restaurants, uh, coffee shops. If I feel like having one of those amazing colored eclairs, I don't know if they have in South Africa, but I could, you should be on here. Uh, and then, you know, I dig it, dig down, and I want to go to a good, a good winery restaurant. I can get a telephone number, the details. And even better, I have other people's pictures of what the food looks like. So I don't, I don't need to make any effort. Thanks to the, those of you who take photographs, I've got pictures of what I'm going to eat. Right? So my whole life... Now, you could argue it takes away some of the risk and some of the discovery. But to be honest with you, when you arrive, it's still a discovery. Right? So I've gone through this, and what's even better is there's a ranking. And I think this is part of the world that we live in now, is that everything is getting ranked. Your performance, you do 360s. Um, you know, uh, chocolate is getting ranked. Everything is ranked. Um, I actually did, whilst you were talking, Priscilla, I did a quick search on Instagram for Belgian chocolate. And there was 120,000 posts in the last few days about Belgian chocolate. Unfortunately for taste, tomorrow is only 200, but anyway, Belgian chocolate's hot, right? So, very interesting to think about 
the way that people are discovering uh, places to go and relying on the opinions of people they've never met. Right? You're not asking your friends. This is like crowdsourced opinion. Now, I'm a, I'm a kind of person that likes to feed this information back in. So I go to these places, and whilst I'm there, I will check in. Right? One of the questions I was going to ask you, before you all sat down, is do you check in when you go to a restaurant? Right? Uh, on Foursquare, on Google, on Facebook now. So I have a list of all the places that I've been to, and I like to feed it back and show people that I've checked in. Now, I have one post on, on TripAdvisor for a, a place to shop in Bali that's been seen 3,500 times. So people, people appreciate it. So here I am. I, you know, the first thing I do is I go onto Instagram and I say, great job, this wine farm, love your wine, here's a picture of me hanging out with some grapes, right, or with some chocolate. And then I, I like wine, so, I don't know, do you use Vivino? Yes. Yeah. There you go. So, Vivino, I was going to ask you, but you all sat down. So, Vivino, a great way to, you know, I'm not an enologist, I don't really understand wine, so I just <laughs> took a picture of the bottle and it tells me, you know, not bad, 4.1, Here's some other similar wines, is what people say. So this is my own sommelier. I have my own sommelier in my pocket. Right. I can impress my girlfriend. <laughs> and then I go back into C-Trip, and they prompt me. C-Trip is clever enough to ask me, you know, do you want to come in and tell us what you think about the place you stayed, post a photo. So the, the, you know, they are inviting me to contribute. It doesn't cost them anything. Right, it's a clever way of making me feel part of the experience. And this is the, um, the post on uh, TripAdvisor, which I put up about where I stayed. Immediately, lots of readers. So already I've, I've fed the machine. Okay? So you might think I'm an early adopter, and, uh, you know, I just hear me and some of these tech guys that, you know, he's the only one doing it. But I'm going to show you some stats. Now, I apologize, I didn't realize the room would be full of people from other countries, but I'm going to focus on Hong Kong, because otherwise you'll be watching stats all, after, all morning or afternoon. So these are just stats from Hong Kong. But bear in mind, they kind of they lay the ground. So if you ever want to find any statistics on the internet about a country, especially in Asia, go to We Are Social. All right? WeAreSocial.com. They do an annual report. They have it of Thailand, Indonesia. It's an annual report that they've done with Hootsuite, which is a software for managing social media, and the Global Web Index, and the statistics about people's use of the internet. I really recommend you use it. But anyway, here, what's interesting is if you look, just take Hong Kong, a small place, right? Um, 7.3 million people. Now, there's 40 million tourists come every year, so that changes it. What's interesting here is the penetration of mobile phones. We all know this because in our offices we all have more than one phone, right? It's a private phone, it's a business phone. So there's more phones than there are people, right? Which is interesting. And as a population, 75% of the population in Hong Kong are alive. In most countries across Asia, it's probably between 40 and around 60. I think Philippines, where's uh, the gentleman from the Philippines? Philippines leads it. Guess how many hours the Philippines spends on social media every day? Take a guess. All day. All day. All day. All day. <laughs> Twelve? Four hours. Four hours? Four. Four. So the Philippines is four, Germany is something like one, right? Or maybe less. 
So the Filipinos are leading the game. All right, followed by Saudi Arabia or Dubai because basically the Filipinos are supporting the economy there. Okay, so let me go a little bit deeper. What I think is interesting here is, I mean, that, that whole thing I showed you earlier was about how mobile is taken over. In, in, the, in the online world now, in the digital marketing media world, it's all moved into a mobile-first world, right? The business you're in, food, you've got, you've got content that people would love to capture on phone, right? They're not going to pull out their laptop. They might, if they're from Zhuhai, they might pull out like an iPad and try and take a photograph of it, but basically a mobile phone. So what's interesting here is that look at what people are doing, right? 72% of people here are on messaging, right? They've moved away from sending emails. People, I went to a conference in Guangzhou, uh, 1,600 people, not one person gave me a name card. They took out their phone and they said, you know, scan, scan the QR code, right? And you know, I saw a picture of people in their private lives, we were meeting in a business environment. So that the barrier between private and business is really merging, especially in Asia. The other thing, and this is a huge growing area, is video. Now that we have broadband and Wi-Fi, uh, what you see is the video consumption is going out the roof, and I'm glad to see today and like we've had four videos, except you need to make them a bit shorter, because the attention span so far, apparently, a human attention span has gone below that of a goldfish. So a goldfish is uh, 4.8 seconds, and I think we are 3.6. So if you're not paying attention, I don't mind. Uh, but, you know, think about video, right? This has changed also because of the whole live experience. You know, live on Facebook. I don't know if any of you have done this, but I think the content you show me today of chefs and uh, libraries, and, you know, it's great to see a VR, but wouldn't it be cool to have that live? Uh, I think it's very interesting. And, and the, the education side. Gaming is obviously a big thing, and I know a lot of people making too much money out of this. Now, mobile banking, payment is an area and um, maps. So these are just numbers I want to share with you. Now, uh, what's interesting in Hong Kong is we're told the whole time, yeah, Hong Kong's too convenient. You know, if you want to buy something, you go outside, there's a street of 10 people selling the same thing. But the irony is, Hong Kong is actually, e-commerce is taking off like mad. The other day, the uh, founder of HKTV uh, was talking about e-commerce in Hong Kong. He said it's about convenience, it's about access to products you don't get in other markets. You can buy French goods, you can buy, um, my girlfriend buys French milk on there or whatever, but you can buy products from other markets delivered to your door. So in Hong Kong, uh, it's interesting how a lot of people are searching online, but actually what you see is when they buy, um, they still, they might look at a store, but the numbers of people, there's a gap here, right? Of about 20%. So what you're seeing here is, is this phenomenon called, uh, in England it's called click and collect. In China it's called O2O, online to offline. Uh, in England, in, in other parts of Europe it's called omnichannel, right? Omnichannel, the idea that the product is available, maybe they can find it online, but they pick it up in the store, or maybe it's delivered to the train station near them. So a, lot, a lot's going on in this world of convenience. I think your point about on the go, anywhere, was very, very valid. It's not just for food, it's for clothes, it's for toys, all kinds of stuff, right? And then I just want to share with you some of the, some of the platforms. Now this is, Hong Kong is a really interesting place to be because we are a mixed culture, right? I've been here 23 years, and you know, what you see in Hong Kong is you've got the kind of Western influence. Uh, I call it 
I've got, I call it <coughs> C to C. Can anybody guess what C to C is? Chinese to Chinese. So in Hong Kong, there's a Chinese to Chinese economy. There's a C to G, which is Chinese to Guaylo. And then there's a G to G, which is Guaylo to Guaylo. Right? So if you break, I'm not an economist, but if you broke down the economy in Hong Kong, I would love to see the numbers behind this. Guaylo is a Cantonese phrase which means white ghost. <laughs> when I was in Beijing, it was Dabizi, which is big nose. In Singapore, Angmol, Angmol, red hair. I don't know other countries, but I'm going etc. So what's interesting here is, is that just look at the mix of, of course, Facebook and commands. Right? But look at the mix. Video is really pulled up there, right? Look at the mix, what people are doing. And now, there used to be what's called the open social media. Now they have this really sexy term. They call it dark social, which I thought had something to do with Bitcoin and gambling. But dark social basically means where people can't watch you. It's where you're communicating between, you know, directly with a friend. Okay? So these, it's very hard for a brand to get into this space because it's, it's between a closed group, a closed circle. Right? And what's interesting here, WeChat, you know, in Hong Kong we always WeChat because we have relatives across the, the border, we do business with China. So there's a nice mixture of, cha of channels here. Uh, Weibo was the dominant kind of Twitter, Facebook in China, and it started to die. But, as you'll see later, live video has brought Weibo back to life. Because Jack Ma said, I'm going to buy that. He bought that, and he's connected social media to Taba. So when somebody sees a video on Weibo about a nice bunch of chocolate, they can order it directly from Taba. Okay? And just so you see, compared to China, again, WeChat is dominant. WeChat came out of nowhere. WeChat was the idea of an engineer in Shenzhen who went to his bosses and said, you've got to do this. You know, this is a, a, a way to private message people. And now, it's a whole infrastructure. You can buy tickets, you can send Lycee packets, you can, you know, check in. You can bake. You can bake. Yes, with each Okay. So, anyway, lots of stuff going on there. All right. So, some examples. Now, I, I spend a lot of my life, my daily life, working with corporates who are trying to transform their business, right? Initially, digital was always seen as a marketing. It was in your area. But what, I, what I like is that the last five years, people have started to realize that the digital skill set is infiltrating all the way down your business, right? all the way down to R&D. All the way down, you know, when you're doing R&D, it's not a bunch of scientists hidden away in a room, as we were saying with the sourdough thing. It's people who are contributing ideas. They will openly tell you, I think you should do this. Here's an idea, right? So the R&D function is very interesting, but it is a challenge. So let me show you some examples. This is one that I worked on. I have a startup that does click and collect. So Burt's Bees, do you know Burt's Bees? Burt's Bees sell kind of cosmetics that are made by a guy with a big beard, right? And very cultural, very friendly, very organic, very environmentally friendly. Hong Kong doesn't get cold that often. Do you, do you all think it's cold now? No? Philippines, cold? So Hong Kong, last about a year and a half ago, suddenly one day it got bloody cold, and there was there was uh, ice up on the the mountain hill. You know, people fell over, the fire engine got lost. Right? It got cold. So the marketers of Burt's Bees, who are very active on Facebook, have a product, lip salve. When it gets cold and dry, 
The first thing that happens is your lips get dry. They were already ready. They had their product distributed into the stores. And they sent out a Facebook post saying, first thousand people who come to the store, you'll get a free sample. Like, and what happened was, normally that's a very disconnected experience, right? You, you come with a coupon, the salespeople are a bit confused, you take two, they, they run out of stock, people get pissed off, they go on social media, they say, I came for my sample, where the hell is it? This was connected into a technology, so when they arrived at the store, the, customer, the salesperson would say, hello, Mr. Bix, I've got your sample here, thanks for coming. By the way, would you like this cream? It's really good for shaving, right? So the outcome they had, within 45 minutes, that sold out 1,000 samples. Like, this is a number for Hong Kong. If this was China, you've had to add another three zeros on the back end, right? But not bad, right? In Hong Kong, we have six stores, 1,000. So those 1,000 people then came, and then another 2,000 people came to the store. So they got footfall. The challenge in Asia at the moment is a lot of people don't like to go to shops, right? They're getting bored of getting in shops, getting crowded. They only go for the aircon, if you ask me, and the chocolate. So uh, this was interesting that they got people in their stores, they boosted football. Um, okay? So the journey was started on Facebook and uh, on their mobiles. Now, to, what's the time? Take you back. Uh, I just want to explain here. Now, the interesting thing about this is behind the scenes, Burt's Bees had to change their business model because typically what happens is if you have e-commerce and you have retail, in the world we live in at the moment, at different P&Ls, I'm sure some of you suffer from this, is that the person running the e-commerce is rewarded for the performance of e-commerce. The person running the store is rewarded for what happens in the store. But the reality is, as I hope you know by now, is that's not how a human being behaves. We will see something online, we might save it, and then go into the store and say, hey, have you got this? The lead came from online, but I bought it in the store, right? So this world of the barriers between uh, different P&L pockets has got to break. Okay, so this is, this is another interesting uh, thing in start, just launched actually, so I have no numbers, but uh, in Chinese, uh, Starbucks is Xingba Ke, right? So they use the Xing from start, which is, you know, say with Starbucks. So the idea was, everybody's all over WeChat. Um, I want to send, it's around Valentine's, and you know, in China they have double Valentine's, there's one for men, uh, who send stuff to girls who didn't send them stuff, right? or the other way around, or girls to send to men, so, uh, to get rid of white chocolate, apparently. Isn't that what you Chocolates. Yeah, in yeah. Japan. Somebody invented, yeah, lots of white chocolates he wanted to get rid of. Um, so what they did was they went on to they went on to WeChat and you can go to WeChat, you follow Starbucks and you can send a video or a card to somebody you like and they redeem it at the other end and they you, you pay with on WeChat so you don't leave WeChat. You make a payment and you've delivered at the other end your friend turns up with the coupon in any coffee shop in Starbucks in China and they get a nice video and a cup of coffee. Right? What I find sad about this is you're not sitting with them. But anyway, maybe you can connect a live video chat or something. But this, these kind of things, these phenomena only work because A, people have got used to using phones. B, they're on WeChat where they're all hanging out. C, the payment is incredibly easy. Remove all the barriers, all the friction. And it's fun. Right? It's cute and it's fun. Okay? 
Okay, now let me take you into the B2B world, because I know some of you are more in the, the B2B. This is interesting, you know, shipping. Who would have thought that shipping is a sexy industry, right? <laughs> um, much like Dubai, most of shipping is run by the Philippines. So, very sociable people, the captains are there, the staff are there. Um, this is a very interesting program where the mask, the mask, uh, I pronounce it probably, mask, mask, the uh, shipping team there said, okay, we have a product which is antifreeze. So how can we get our customers excited about antifreeze? You know, the, the least exciting thing in the world to get excited about. So they came up with this idea of taking pictures of frozen ships and sharing it on social media. You know, this, this got 7,000 people liking it, comments from 3,000. So they had really captivating images, right? And it's not directly connected to the product, but what they did was, it, you know, they put more, they got a photographer to take some amazing pictures of frozen boats. And then what they did was, is that basically the journey to take somebody from this to a lead, was that you would see this, you'd click on a link, this blue link, you'd download a brochure. Before downloading the brochure, you'd have to put your contact details. This sounds very old-fashioned, but I can tell you the amount of companies I meet who do all this promotion and you go through to their homepage. End of story. Lost. Right? There was a brochure, but to get it, you had to put in your contact details. And again, that got passed into the local sales team. So they knew exactly where you were and you were called. Now, what's interesting is that because of this activity, Maersk actually was more engaging on, on social media than Disney. Right? So, you know, little pictures of ducks and, and princesses were not getting nearly as much traction as this. Right? And I have to tell you, I have a daughter, they hate princesses. Brainwashing by Americans. So, look at this, 150 business leads. That's, it's not a huge number, but 150 leads in the business world is, is a very good achievement. You know, so I think, well, the story, what I think is interesting here is Sometimes the way that you generate interest is peripheral. I mean, you're very lucky because you have these amazing pictures of product and people doing it. But there are industries which don't have as amazing pictures. So, but it's, it's very important to get the... Very important to pre-think how you're going to turn somebody into a customer. Okay? All right, and finally, uh, not finally, but finally as a case study, does anybody know this lady? Is anybody here from China? Papi Jiang. So Papi Jiang is an actually girl who studied at the Beijing uh, Drama Institute. She became, she was a very witty girl, I still is, who makes these crazy videos in a kind of high-pitched voice. She has basically got 17 million followers. That is, that is a highly influential person, right? More than most television stars. And her videos have reached more than probably now, 300 million people. So if you think about it, if you're going out and you're thinking, hmm, how do I get people to know about you know, these new innovative products that we're launching, those eclairs, those donuts? Um, people like her are incredibly influential. And I know there's big in Thailand, Indonesia. What's even more amazing is she actually sold an ad slot on her video for 3 million US dollars. That's, that's almost the same as the American, you know, what do they call it, the baseball, the, it's incredible, right? Yeah. Now, what's, what's dangerous about these people from, a, from a, a, a brand perspective is that they know their value. So they will come to you. When I worked, I actually worked with Fleischmann many years ago, 
And we were very black and white, American style. Never pay for influence. Never, never, never. And then Asia. You know, the idea of paying is kind of great right? for influence. So now it's black and white. If you want me to promote your product, pay me. Right? Very clear. But at least you get traction, right? That's a comparison game. Now, what she is becoming a little bit old fashioned because, as I was telling you earlier, power. So China's eBay, right? Which did, what was it, $17 billion, whatever it was last single day? Now what they have is Jack Ma bought Weibo. What they have now is live streaming. So you get girls like this character. And this is people commenting and you know on what she's talking about the product. She took it's like face cream, right? So she's live streaming about the product. It's just showing it and being cute. At the same time, that product is linked directly into Taobao where you can buy, right? Now the numbers I'm seeing from this is the conversion rate. From you watching this video to buy a product, 30%. Actually, 32%. And this probably is quite new. It will go down. But 32% for any e-commerce business is absolutely gobsmacking, uh, which in English means shocking, right? So that, that you know, normally e-commerce is about, if you're lucky, 2%, 1%, 32%, right? So these people have influence. Live video, very interesting. Okay, so let, let me just end with some trends. Um, there is a battle going on between Google and Facebook and Baidu and Weibo because we all used to start our search journey on a search engine. I know friends who would even, would even bother typing in the URL on their browser, they'd go to Google. Right? Now what's happening is a lot of the search experience, like I showed you in my journey, my trek to South Africa, starts on other things. I want to know about good wine. I'll go to Vivino. You know, so people start to differentiate. Right? They know where to look for stuff. So uh, this is why Google is scared shitless of Facebook, because they're taking away that traffic. Uh, secondly, like I showed you just now, the idea of social commerce, the idea that you can buy from social. When Facebook and all these social channels first started, it was actually very hard to buy. Now it's extremely easy to buy. Facebook doesn't have a payment system yet. There's rumors they will. But you can do this with WeChat, you can do it with Line, you can do it with Talk, right? Dark social is what I mentioned to you earlier, is the idea that people now are getting a little bit nervous about showing everything on social media. So what they're doing is, especially thanks to Donald Trump, is they're moving back into private networks. So dark social is private social networks. WhatsApp, WeChat, things like that. Uh, and if you're very paranoid, there is, um, you know, highly secure ones that I can't remember at the top of my head, but some very high um, telegram, right? Okay, video. Now video is, is very interesting. Video is very interesting because, um, like Priscilla was saying, our minds, our minds now are adjusting to snacks. Actually, our stomachs are too. So, our, um, well, for men, the mind and the stomach is very close. <laughs> for women, it's slightly separate. Um, you know, we want snack bite, right? We want short videos that we can see something and we can do something about it. So, the idea of video, I think, is really interesting. It's also very interesting from the advertising world because the, uh, people struggle with making money online. Video is a great way to advertise, right? So, this is going to kill, uh, you know, television, if you ask me. And finally is the idea of organizations. Now, I don't know, it strikes me that your organization is quite switched on, Puratos. Now, part of that could be PR, but I guess there's some kind of connected 
your workforce. And I think what's interesting here is it's not just within your organization. What you're realizing now is that I call it the, um, I call it the ISIS model, which is that you know, workforces are little pockets of people around the world. Initially, you think it's a factory in Guangzhou, but actually, there's somebody to do who, who could be very helpful and work with you, right? So the, the idea of what is an organization is being juggled around because of all these technologies, okay? So I'm just gonna end with the future and some recommendations. Who knows what this is? Alexa. 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 No. Alexa. Alexa. Echo. Echo. Alexa is the, is the personality in there. This is called Echo, right? Um, now what's amazing is that um, this thing, you know, reacts to your voice, Alexa, you call out, and what they're doing is there's a whole new connected world of things happening behind us, right? So you can call Alexa and say, Alexa, turn on the aircon. Alexa, um, my son's in the bathroom, play some really loud, hard music, rock music in the, in the bathtub, right? So there's all these, there's, a, there's an infrastructure of apps and software, um, and now products. Philips has this amazing uh, lights. You can change the color of the lights, called Hue, as you can see there, um, using Alexa. Right? Now, the Americans like to think they're ahead of the game. So they have, now they've come up with this. Does anyone know what this is? Apart from the shaving brand. <laughs> It's not a robot shaver. Wouldn't that be great? Just putting it in a cheap <laughs> robot shaver. That's uh, I'm going to pass it now. That's what it's called Dash. Yeah. Dash. Who said that? Was that same? Uh, Dash. So Dash is quite funny because if you go on the internet, there's people saying this is what I wish they had. At the moment, you can order one button. You can order like um, powder, you know, for your washing machine. So a bunch of people have started putting brands that they want on there, like Heineken. Or, uh, you know, it would be great just to get beer something different. Um, so this is going to also change, if you think about it, this is making it a lot easier. The, the concept of online, offline is disappearing. You just go, oh, on that, somebody gets an order, they know where you are, it's delivered to, you know, probably by drone. Okay. <coughs> then you've got this. Do you know what this is? Google. <laughs> it's called Google Home. So Google's a bit behind the game, but they're going to catch up because they've got a lot of data. If you think about it, they've got a hell of a lot of data. And this one, the Chinese not far behind. This is called Duer, and this is from Baidu. So Baidu, China's search engine, also has immense amounts of data. They know how people talk because you're going to do it through your phone. They know how you naturally ask for something. They basically have teamed up with a company. Uh, and they've launched this little robot with a screen, so it can also show you stuff and do a facial recognition. And I guarantee you, China's going to catch up pretty damn quickly. Baidu is putting all of their investment into AI, into artificial intelligence, because they have this massive data. Baidu has said that they're going to launch, uh, you know, uh, self-powered, self-drive cars before the Americans. No, China, they will. Okay. So, I like to share with people some useful resources. <coughs> Um, this is a very good book. If you're uh, a lady called Charlene Lee, she, uh, she's written this book called The Engaged Leader. Uh, I can share this deck if you want. But the, um, it's about digital transformation. Now, this lady has been in the business for a long time. 
She has a research company called Altimeter. Uh, and she just came to Hong Kong about a month ago and spoke here, and I, was, I really liked it. She was really saying practical advice for how do you transform your business in a world where digital technology is moving so fast, right? So if, if I were you, I would download this or buy it. Good read. I have no commission. I'm just introducing that to you. Black and white. Um, and if you want to learn more about social media, this site, Social Media Examiner, is one of the best resources I've ever come across. Now, I apologize, it's not very Asia-centric, but not bad. If you want to read about it in Asia, there's a site called, well, there's We Are Social, right? And Tech in Asia, okay? And finally, if you want to hang out with people who work in digital, entrepreneurs, innovators, uh, I have a, a community of about 6,000 people. We're all over social media. This is the LinkedIn presence called Web Wednesday. Um, do come along. We have events um, once a month. And then, uh, last but not least, how do we do it? How do I go forward? We don't want to show the last page. It's frozen. There you go. There you go. Ah, no, you don't go. This is where you can find me. So if you know WeChat, you can scan me now. <laughs> if you don't know WeChat, you can use a telephone. If you don't want to use a telephone, send me an email. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.